Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Dwayne. Hey, Sebastian, what's up? What's going on, man? Not much, you know, just it's Friday. It's Friday. One day closer to the weekend. That's right. One day closer to the beginning of our recreational program starting. And some of our teams kicking off their season. So it's very exciting. Um, we start our recreational program tomorrow. Uh, I'm excited because my daughter starts soccer for the first time at Delaware Union, considering when I got to Delaware Union, I didn't have a kid. And now my kid is old enough to be able to play in our rec program. So that's There's a that longevity right there. Yeah, that's a milestone. That's a milestone. <laughs> um, so now we – Star rec program. So at Silver Lake, we'll have a bunch of games. We'll have some games at Middletown Village. Um, maybe at Kent County, there'll be there'll be a game or two as well from Middletown. And then obviously the KYSL is starting as well tomorrow, which is awesome. We also had our first tournament weekend where the majority of our teams played. Yeah, that was a that was pretty good. Um I'm excited to see like all of our teams out there playing in some capacity and some of those kids haven't played since last fall. So they got the opportunity to finally get back out there and play against, you know, different team. That's right. Yeah. Dwayne coming in as an auxiliary coach and basically coaching like seven different teams. Hey, it was fun. I mean, you always say you want to meet, like you want all the players to know who you are, but you might not necessarily know who they are. That's like, the perfect example. They're like, oh, Coach Dwayne, we know who that is, but I don't know who you are. So it was cool to watch. <laughs> like, all well, those players get to play, put them in different positions and stuff like that. And that's exciting. I mean, Dwayne, Dwayne started my warm-up for my 2010s and then coached the entire the, – pretty much even when I got there, I let him coach it the entire game when I was – for the 2010s for the third game. Um, so that's exciting. I mean, I, I, I enjoy it because it allows us to be able to – if we ever do have a conflict, it allows us to be able to – you know, have somebody else cover it. And it's somebody that the kids are comfortable with. So, um, you know, from our perspective, that's awesome. Uh, the players enjoy it because they hear a different voice. Uh, and our style of play is always the same, regardless of the team. So the, the message is the same. It's the same vocabulary. It's the same language. So it helps. Yeah, it's not like you can just walk into a totally different situation. Like, you kind of already know what to expect. The players know what to expect. Yeah. Yeah, and I got to watch the majority of the girls' teams play, um, and I got to talk to Anthony about how the boys' team did. Boys' teams did, and overall, we had some ups and downs with some of the teams. But overall, I think the the message across from everybody that I talked to was that everybody tried to play a good style of soccer. Everybody competed. At times, we were a little bit more tired than the other team, partially because some of our teams, because we split them into two teams had less subs, and then just in general, kids' soccer stuff. But uh, overall, we, we had a pretty good weekend. The, the 2008 girls made it to the final of their division, of their bracket, uh, losing to a good, a good Riverhounds team. Uh, so I was happy for them. It was a good, um, good experience for them. It was a, I think it was a humbling experience for them considering they had won their first two games relatively easy. Um, then going into their their second day, there was a much tougher games, but I think they've it's made them train harder this week, 
and yesterday we trained in the rain in the downpouring rain for for an hour and a half and it was a great time it's probably one of the best sessions we've had all year um and it was it was fun i really enjoyed that with them so uh it was it was exciting to see and then we i have a i have a scrimmage tonight and then uh some of our teams kick off their league season this weekend so i don't have any league games yet but i i think i have some next weekend but yeah so overall very exciting stuff yeah I think did it. like the keyword was compete like everybody competed everybody you know worked and it was good just to see where we can help develop the players going forward yeah for sure and then we also had the 2003 girls were down in uh, maryland at the obgc capital cup and they made it to the semifinals of their bracket um playing against and, and we have to still remember our O3s, well, are not our O3s, technically our O2s because we have one O2 player, are playing up in a U19 division every time. And we have O3s, O2s, O4s, and O5s on that team playing. So it's very exciting to see them have a lot of success uh, playing across multiple age groups and always having to play up for the majority of the group. Uh, it's very exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching that team play in their regular league that they're starting in a couple of weeks. So. That'll be really exciting to watch. All right. We're moving on to the next section of the podcast. And I had a question. So we, we asked a similar question last week when, when Dwayne and I were on the podcast. And then my question this week is, how important is it for kids to understand their why? Um, so, and what I mean by that is, it's important when we tell players, when we give them a lot of information it's important for them to know why they're doing certain things. And, and I think that's something that as a coaching staff, we do a good job of it. And at times maybe it can be, it can seem as we're giving a lot of information. I mean, we're talking at times maybe a little too much during practices, but I think it's important because it, it makes our players smarter. Um, I, I'm a big believer that sometimes if you don't have the physical ability or the technical ability, we'll, we'll make, we'll, we'll get you through. A tough situation is going to be your ability to think or outsmart the opponent. Um, so that's something we had, we we went over the last two weeks with our teams. Uh, I, I know I went over it with my teams about understanding the why we do something. Uh, it's not just we receive on the front foot, for example, as that's our big that's one of our big staples as a club, receiving the ball on your front foot. But understanding why that's important and understanding why it makes sense sometimes to receive the ball on your front foot or the majority of the time to receive the ball on your front foot. Um, so what do you think about the why, Dwayne? Um, I mean, I, I, I think the why, I take this back to the tournament. Every, like when I'm coaching all these different teams, I don't really know these kids. I don't know what they've been doing in training and all that stuff. So, you know, I asked them what, like, what do they think they did well, right? And by their responses, you can dictate, you know, their why is that they want to get better. Like, they're pointing out the mistakes they had. They can point out what they did well. And then you kind of, you know, talk to them and teach them how to get past those things and how to, you know, receiving on your front foot opens you up to go forward instead of facing your own goal and playing it back. You know, you see their development and you can kind of see the kids kind of react and you understand, like, their why is, like, they're invested in getting better and developing and they're embracing all that information. Right. No, you're, you're 100% correct. And I think it's important. I think that's – you make a good point of, of having that be part of what um, – where it helps for if you ever to step in 
to a team, it, understanding that the players are, can give you a lot of feedback as to see where they are in their development. Um, so that's important too because it lets us track. We have certain standards that we meet, or we look to certain objectives that every age group needs to meet by the end of the by the end of their year. So for us to track that is important. So be able to almost it's the idea of checking for understanding, right? Right. So you're, you're looking to get information back from the players to see where they are and then how do they actually perform on the field. But for me, a big part of it is understanding why you do it. If you, if you don't understand why you do it, it, it doesn't help. Exactly. If you can under, and that's, I think that's where we do a good, like we try to develop the whole player. Like yep. you said, if you're not the best technically, you know, we'll try to develop you tactically and have you think. And as long as you're smarter than your opponent, you know, you can kind of, you can kind of hang and, you know, we'll, we'll find you time and a place to play and stuff like that. And just seeing the kids that are invested, just like the kids investing in themselves, like not necessarily like their parents pushing them to be out there, but the kids, once they're out there being able to, you know, embrace that role and embrace, you know, themselves trusting us to get better. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right, so we're moving on to something that happened over the last week, and we had talked about it a little bit last week, um, the UEFA Nations League. So uh, we were excited about the possibility of Ansu Fati being able to play again, and he started for Spain, so he's got his first start on a national team and picked up his first goal. He's 17 years old. He's killing the game. Um, like, it's just crazy because when you think of Spain, you think about that run they had where they won, what, 33 games in a row. And you yep. think about the players that were in that team, the players that weren't in that team, like that couldn't find their way in. And then, like, you have this kid that's 17. And, you know, the U.S. kind of did, like, looked at this, like, a couple years ago with Pulisic. It's like, oh, is see the next star. So it's kind of cool to see that, you know, other countries are getting young stars as well, not just the U.S. Yeah, for sure. And, and it's, because ultimately at the same time, I mean, obviously we can say, you know, this, this last 15 years of soccer has been defined by probably two main players in Messi and Ronaldo. And the reality is, is they're getting older. Like, you know, they're, they're not going to be able to play forever. So in the next four or five years, one of them is likely to retire, probably both of them. So who is going to take that reign? And when we talk about it, is it Mbappe? Is it Neymar? Is it Pulisic? Is it somebody else? Is there somebody? Is De Bruyne? Who is it that's going to take the reins? And then who else is coming up? Because I think I got to watch a documentary. I watched a documentary last night. It's called Take the Ball, Pass the Ball. Uh, it's a Netflix documentary about the four years that Pep was at Barcelona. And it also gives a little bit of the history of Barcelona. And it's exciting because, yeah, people watch teams, but younger kids, I feel like, look up to players. They, they're looking for, all right, whose YouTube highlights can I watch, you know? And when we grew up, you know, and obviously I'm a little bit older than you are, but so when I grew up, I was looking at Ronaldinho. Like, I was looking at Ronaldinho highlights, Zidane highlights, like, things like that, because that's who, I, that's who I enjoyed watching. So, I think for us to be able to find the younger generation of player, I think it's awesome. 
what I think is interesting is that the players that are that are the up and coming like nineteen twenty year olds aren't necessarily the flashy kind of players. Like Fatih's not necessarily a flashy kind of player. Uh, Mbappe, I think maybe is you can consider him that. But I look at uh, I, I was watching um, the the scores from the Norway Northern Ireland game, and Haaland scored two goals for Norway, and he's one of the up and coming like massive goal scorers. Not very flashy, just a good goal scorer. Uh, you know, we talk about Ricky Pooch on the podcast because we love Ricky Pooch. Yeah. He's not necessarily super flashy either. So it's interesting. It's interesting to see who's coming up in the world. Uh, big scores, though, from Belgium. Belgium beating Iceland 5-1. to one. I thought that was impressive. France beating Croatia 4-2. to two. So, you know, a little World Cup uh, final repeat there. Hey, we're still, we're still better than you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just so you know, it's been two years. We, we're still better. Uh, then Portugal beating Sweden with Ronaldo scoring two goals. You talk about players getting older and retiring in the next four years. I don't know that Ronaldo's retiring in the next four years. I mean, hey, maybe he's going Slaton style where he gets younger. Because he's like, what is he, 35, 36? Yeah. He's super fit. I don't I don't see him. I I mean, yeah, it's it's impressive what he's able to do um as a 35-year-old. Uh, I don't see that slowing down. So we do have to, we have to show a little bit of disappointment, and I think it's important for us to be able to, um, to show a little bit of disappointment in a player that we enjoy watching, that did something he wasn't supposed to do. So Phil Foden, it just disappointing, man. Like you get your national cap. And then you're out there in Iceland causing trouble, leaving the hotel, trying to trying to go after things you don't need to be going after when you're playing with your national team. Like he's been waiting for this opportunity. You know, you're waiting for the all the old guys to that's the opportunity or like that's where he was. He's like, I gotta wait for all these guys to clear out. And then you come in and you get kicked out. <laughs> disappointing. Really disappointing. Um so Should yeah, we have American citizenship. We got a, like an American like grandparent cousin. Yeah, can... yeah, we can bring in the Phil Foden and the uh, yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, <laughs> speaking of younger players, I also I always feel like we need to do like a a younger player like catch up of the week. Players to like watch. Yeah, well, I mean, we have our players of the week. Obviously, Ansu Fati, Ricky Pooch isn't playing right now, um, but uh, Brendan Aronson scores a fantastic goal the other day yeah he did against the red bulls yeah first goal against the red bulls what a goal man that guy is no joke and for him it's like we talk about him a lot but and he plays as a 10 but he's not a goal yeah he hasn't really scored a lot no it's just like the other it's the things that the other things that he does which makes him a high caliber player which yeah. is pretty cool. Like it shows players embrace, like kind of embrace the role we put you in. Like, yeah, that kid may go score five goals. Like you may be behind a Zlatan, but people are also going to see how he's getting the ball, who's giving him the ball, and what role, and 
you know, coaches are always looking at build-ups, trying to show kids different things. So, like, just being able for people to identify those roles is pretty cool, too. Yeah, for sure. All right, so player of the match. Uh, I'm going to give my player of the match to Jordan Morris from the Seattle Sounders because the goal he scored against the San, San Jose Earthquakes uh, was what we want every one of our kids to be able to score because it's basically like, listen, they gave you the space, take it. Uh, if you didn't get to watch that that highlight, please go watch the Seattle Sounders against San Jose. Uh, San Jose or Sa- Seattle scores four goals in 20 minutes to beat him 7-1. But Jordan Morris scores a goal where you're like, it's almost Messi-esque, like Messi-like. <laughs> but the, the big difference is that uh, nobody defended him. So there was no players for him to like dribble around as he took the ball from midfield. He basically had to get around like one, maybe two players. Uh, everybody else just kind of got out of the way and was like, hey, here you go. Like, you want to score a goal today? That's how we want players to take space. Yeah, exactly. When they give you the space, take the Take space. it. And like, take it with urgency. Absolutely. Dwayne, who do you have for your player of the match? My player of the match is going out to uh, Christian Pulisic. Um, he just got awarded Chelsea's number 10 jersey. So for the people that don't know the significance of number 10, you know, that typically goes to the best player when you think of, like, Messi, he's, your tip, he's, your, he's a number 10. Um, Pulisic now wearing the number 10 for Chelsea, which is a big club. Um, yeah, considering he's only been there, what, a, a year? A year? Yeah, not bad. He's making moves. Yeah. Good for him and 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 probably good for good for the Reed family. Good for Coach Chad because I'm sure they're excited because they're Chelsea fans. So, you know, I was thinking about getting the jersey. Yeah, there you go. Just 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 to have it, you know. I mean, I picked up I picked up an Arsenal jersey for my daughter this weekend uh, while I hit up the Adidas outlet, uh, only because I want my kids to collect as many jerseys as possible. Um, and actually, I'm going to start this thing where I'm going to send my daughter to school. Uh, I convinced my wife that we're going to send my daughter to school with a soccer jersey once a week to school. There you go. So when she goes well, to daycare. Soccer, I'll tell you this. Like, when I was growing up, like, the soccer pants, like, I had them. Like, it was part of, like, our, our kit or whatever. Yeah. And I would wear them, and people would look at me funny. And now it's just, like. Everybody has a pair of Adidas soccer pants and the three-quarter pants, and I'm yeah. like, I used to, I used to wear only indoor cleats for like a big part of my high school, and part of my college, my my first couple of years of college, I only wore like indoor cleats as shoes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that, like, like soccer has had like, like the indoor shoes are like cool, like they're yeah, different, yeah. like it can almost be like a regular shoe. Yeah, exactly. So on this day in soccer history, um, and September 11th obviously has a very, very deep meaning in this country and around the world. Um, but this is probably one of the moments, and, and I think it's important to remember it so we don't repeat repeat it. Um, but it was a dark day in his, in soccer history as well because the the Champions League was getting played during that time, and. UEFA had the ability to cancel games 
and they didn't. They almost acted like nothing had happened on September 11th of 2001, and they just continued to play their games. And obviously, there's logistical things going on with it, but I think it's, I think it's, it's again, it's one of those things we need to learn from to never repeat itself. So in 2001, the the UEFA decided to continue to play the, I believe was uh, six or eight games. Um, that that was that were getting played. There was eight games that got played that day. Uh, there is a bit of history within it within that because uh, one of the one of the games that got played was Mallorca against Arsenal, uh, and that was Mallorca's first Champions League game ever in their history, and they won. They beat Arsenal one nothing. So, yeah. That's some history because yeah. Mallorca is not really good right now. No, no, no. <laughs> I, don't uh, know, I don't know if they got relegated, but they're not good. So I never would have guessed they were yeah. in the Champions League. Yeah. And notably, uh, the other big game that day was Real Madrid against Roma. Real Madrid beating Roma at the Stadio Olimpico of Rome. Um, and for Real Madrid, Figo. And Guti scored, and for Roma, Francesco Totti. I, I was gonna guess that. Yeah. So Totti, man. Yeah. So yeah. So hopefully a day that a doesn't repeat itself from a from a U.S. and kind of like world perspective, but also uh, for soccer to not repeat its history in there. All right. So fair play of the week. I'm giving our fair play of the week to Atlanta United because uh, they bought PT Martinez from River Plate from Argentina two years ago, two or three years ago. Um, Bought him for like $10 million or something like that, which was a big signing for, for Boca or for, sorry, for River Plate uh, mostly because it was a player that they wanted to sell and they, they, he wanted to leave. He wanted to be able to have some more comfort and things like that hasn't necessarily like shown what I saw him do at River Plate. Um, but somehow Atlanta is able to sell him for 18 million to uh, the Saudi Arabia. And like, good for them, man. Like you just, you made, you made money. Like that's ultimately well, what this league is supposed money- to do. Because, like, doesn't MLS kind of step in and take their money? Say it again? Doesn't MLS step in and take the money from uh, the clubs? Yeah, but good for the league. Yeah. I mean, that's ultimately what the league wanted to do, right? Right. They're, I mean, they that want- is what they want to be known for. But, like, I guess, like, from Atlanta, how does that – How does that help? Like, yeah, how does that really help? Well, doesn't that open – it opens up a DP spot. True. So they have a DP spot open so they can bring in somebody else now if they want to. Um, but it just shows the fact that Atlanta was a good a good um, marquee to showcase players. So it's true. You do put a player on like the best team. Now, I think what they're looking for, which is what they were able to do before with Miguel Amiron that went to Newcastle, they want, I think they want to start seeing players go to the European market, like to the high European market. Like, can they get 
I, I wonder, you know, who's going to be the, the, one of the first ones to go from an MLS club to or, uh, one of the top five or six at Spain, um, you know, England, Italy, Germany. So that, that'll be Aronson. Brendan Aronson, maybe. Well, I mean, obviously, I guess we can, I guess you can say the goalkeeper from the Columbus crew went to City. Um, but he didn't, he get he got loaned out and then he got loaned out right away. And then he I got mean, hurt. You say that there's that one kid from the Red Bulls that plays for Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, the Polish kid. Uh, he's like Polish American. Yeah. So, but, but it'll be, I mean, it, it'll be exciting to see somebody like, I want to see a club come in and like really spend some big money on a player and that player go in and like play. Play. Yeah. I think that'll it's be like, kind of like how like Weston McKinney went to Juventus. Like going there, and it looks like he's going to be playing right away. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be really exciting to to see and to watch. Do you have a fair play of the week? Uh, I'm going to give it to uh, Delaware Union staff for the uh, tournament over the weekend. I want to say, um, like coaches, well organized, getting players there, being able to like get everybody to follow the guidelines and. Just overall having a good weekend. Um, and I think everybody kind of had the same message. They saw where their team's starting point was and know how we can progress to go forward. Yeah, and, and I will tell you that Dwayne made a very good point to my 08 girls uh, when we lost in the final. He said to them, listen, he's like, take this as your starting point. If this is where your bottom is, if your bottom right now, if the lowest point that you have is being the finalist at the tournament, that's a pretty good starting point to get go to go from, and I think that's something that's important. I think the girls really it, it allowed them to go. Yeah, it sucks to lose, but you made it this far, so this is a good starting point for you. And I think the girls, I think, appreciated that. So that was a really good good comment that you made to them. I mean, if it was Thanksgiving, it's a different message, right? Because you don't have any games to play, but they got league games to play, so and two more tournaments. Yeah, so. All right, so our FF challenge. Um, so our challenge this week was for players at the tournament to be able to do a goal celebration, individual goal celebration. Did you see any? Anthony and I, I was with Anthony on Saturday, and the kid scored, and then he scored again. And, like, we're like, this kid's about to score. Like, he can score a hat trick. I was like, he's, he hasn't celebrated once like we moved this kid from defender to forward right like a dream yeah and you go right in and score two goals and like didn't celebrate once so we had to coach him up on his celebrations unfortunately he didn't score um i did see another kid who did score a hat trick he did do like a little fist bump tonight all right all right so and i had one uh one of my players yaz she tried to chip the goalkeeper four times in uh, in the matter of two games. Uh, <laughs> finally, finally, by the second one, gets her, and uh, and the way she celebrated it, she almost like walked away with it, almost doing like a little happy dance uh, by herself. And I thought that was awesome because it was just it just it that's the true nature. Like as competitive as we want to be with our teams. Uh, a 12-year-old girl is a 12-year-old girl, a 12-year-old boy, 10-year-old boy is a 12-year-old boy. Like, they're kids, right? Yeah. A 12-year-old kid. 
a 12-year-old kid's going to do what a 12-year-old kid does, which is smile when they score a goal, and they're happy because they tried something for so long and couldn't get it done, and she finally did. So I think this week we're going to give out we're going to give out two prizes. We're going to give one to your uh, the kid that scored the hat trick, and we're going to give one to Yaz. We're going to give each of them each of them a uh, a, Del- a Philadelphia Union scarf for their the E Union FF challenge. So we're not going to do a challenge this week, uh, mostly because no one's been doing our challenges. So I want to give it a week off for people to follow the podcast and get on our Instagram, which is. Uh, at Delaware Union Soccer, get on our Facebook, facebook.com slash Delaware Union. Get on our Twitter, DE Union Soccer. Make sure you go in there, follow us, um, and we'll we're gonna do another. We'll do a challenge next week. That's when we'll that's when we'll do a challenge. I think we'll talk to the coaches and just yes. try to get them involved in it and just make yes. it like kind of like a fun thing for the kids to do. Yeah, I will tell you that uh, there was a goal that one of that my team scored in our. Uh, second game that we've been wor- we were working on being able to switch the field to be able to score a goal, and when it finally happened, I will tell you I had a pretty awesome like a pretty good celebration for myself, which is I just came like I started running forward and like I punched the air really hard because <laughs> I was very very happy that we scored a goal. So uh, you did they did what you practiced right. <laughs> Exactly. It worked out how I wanted to. And I turned to the girls that were sitting on the bench and I was like, see what I'm saying? Ah. And they were like, what are you doing? <laughs> They're like, we're winning. Five, we're winning five to two. It's not that like, and I was like, no, that's what I wanted. I wanted that goal. So, uh, so yeah. So thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always receive the ball on your front foot. <laughs> <laughs>